Welcome to another episode of Heart Meets Mind, a podcast dedicated to unpacking deep thoughts about Christianity, the church, worship, and other cultural issues that involve the day-to-day life of the believer. This is your host, Lena Cole, and I am so excited to share with you how Christian worship is ongoing. Before we start, make sure you have listened to our past episodes on defining Christian worship so you can engage more with this episode. And let's start by reviewing our definition of worship. Christian worship can be defined as the ongoing personal and corporate response to the triune God as he reveals himself through his word. This response is characterized by a transformed, sacrificial life of obedience, where the worshiper's mind's attention and heart's affections are focused on and directed towards praising Christ for the glory of God the Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. In our last episode, we talked about how Christian worship is only possible because of the Trinity. We learned that in the same way, each person of the Trinity has a crucial role in our salvation. Each person of the Trinity also has a crucial role in Christian worship. We worship by grace because the Father invites us, the Son mediates, and the Holy Spirit empowers. And there is nothing we can do in our own strength that would initiate, mediate, or empower our response to God's self-revelation. In today's episode, we will focus on the ongoing aspect of Christian worship, and we will answer two of the questions we left in our last episode. The questions were, are both believers and non-believers worshipers? The answer is yes. And then the second question is, can you stop worshiping? And the answer is no. So we're going to see how scripture sheds some light into these questions. The psalmist says in Psalm 84, verse 2, My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. Not only worship comes naturally to human beings, but also worshiping God is where they find their fullness and destiny. The Lord has created us with an innate longing to worship. In the book Unceasing Worship, Harold Best says, We are unceasing worshipers and will remain so forever. For eternity is an infinite extrapolation of one of two conditions. A surrender to the sinfulness of sin unto infinite loss or the commitment of personal righteousness unto infinite gain. The term unceasing worshippers means that worship is not something that can be neglected or stopped. Human beings cannot cease to worship, but they can exchange their object of worship. This exchange is seen in Romans 1 verses 18 through 32. And in this passage, Paul expounds on the reality and consequences of false worship. He says, For although they knew God, They did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator. So they did not stop worshipping, but they exchanged their object of worship. This ongoing aspect of worship 
makes it necessary to differentiate worship from Christian worship. On the one hand, worship can be defined as the continuous outpouring of all that I am, all that I do, and all that I can ever become in light of a chosen or choosing God. So best definition highlights the generic aspect of worship, since it could be directed towards any God or just anything. In light of this definition, every human being is a worshiper. But, on the other hand, Christian worship is an ongoing response exclusively directed towards God, mediated by God, and empowered by God. He is the creator who reveals himself through his word, and we respond to him. So, considering this definition, only those who have received the gift of salvation and have the spirit of God in them are able to direct their worship towards God and participate in true biblical Christian worship. We can look through the stories of the Bible and see how worship is at the heart of narratives. Those who worship the wrong things, they commit sin and are far from God. But those who worship the Lord walk righteously and blameless. One of the instances when men exchanged their object of worship is in Exodus 32. But before we talk about this passage, I want to read again what Paul says in Romans so we can clearly see how this narrative is a representation of that exchange Paul talks about. He says in Romans, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator. So remember, they did not stop worshipping, but they exchanged their object of worship. So back to our narrative in Exodus 32. Moses is up in Mount Sinai receiving the law from God. And while the people were waiting for him to come down, they quickly exchanged their object of worship. Even though the people of God had seen the wondrous works of their God and they had experienced deliverance from slavery, they quickly turned to men and made a statue of an animal and worshipped that statue for their deliverance. They did not stop their worship, but they exchanged their object of worship. They did not thank the Lord for his deliverance, but instead they said that these gods were the ones who brought them out of Egypt. And then they worshipped the creator things rather than their creator. So knowing people's hearts, God said in the law, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the waters below. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for their sin of their parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. For God, it is not a surprise that we tend to exchange our object of worship, but he warns us that he is a jealous God, and he will bless those who worship him 
but he will punish those who worship idols. And in that time, they exchanged God for foreign gods and statues and images. But today, we exchange God for power, for money, or for pleasure. John says in 1 John chapter 1, verses 15 through 17, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. So doing the will of the Lord is our ongoing worship. This is what we learn in Romans 12.1, that our lives should be a sacrifice for the Lord, holy and acceptable. And we live out our holiness when we set apart our lives from the desires of the world. And we pursue God's righteousness in all the aspects, in all the areas of our lives. So what does this mean for us? It is important that we understand that everyone is a worshiper because worship itself is not something we can stop or neglect. What we can do is to exchange our object of worship. And this is one of the things that separates believers from non-believers. We all worship, but believers worship the true and living God through the power and work of the Trinity. And since we cannot stop worshiping, this also means that everything we think, we say, and do is an act of worship. This ongoing aspect of worship impacts our personal and also our corporate worship. Because we understand that our response to God's self-revelation is not only done when we are having our quiet time or when we are at church, but our ongoing response to God is seen in every thought that we have, in every word that we say, and in every action that we do. We cannot separate the areas of our lives that we decide which one I'm going to worship God with. Everything should be for the Lord. And as we learn today, our lives are to be the living sacrifice for the Lord. This means that we worship through our jobs. We worship through our studies. We also worship through our relationships, our dreams, and our service to others. Everything, everything we do is an ongoing act of worship. And we have arrived to the end of this third episode on defining Christian worship. Next episode, we will talk about how Christian worship involves both attitude and physical gesture. But for now, let me leave you with some questions to think about this week. The first one is, what are some areas in your life that are exchanging God's truth for the desires of the world? I think we all have those areas in our lives that need to be corrected and that need to be given to the Lord as a sacrifice. So this is just a question for you to reflect this week. The second one is, how does this aspect of ongoing worship influence the way you share the gospel with non-believers? Because we're understanding that they're worshipers too. The third one is, uh, if you have some time, I want you to read the story of Cain and Abel in Genesis 4. And I want you to reflect on what is the reason God regarded Abel's offering, but not Cain's. 
And then the fourth is, what is the relationship between faith and works when it comes to Christian worship? You can also find these questions in the description below, and we will be sharing recaps of the episode and these questions through our social media platforms and email. So if you haven't, you can check out our website, livingonthealtar.com and subscribe, and you will also find our social media handle there. If you want to access to the sources behind these episodes, you can visit livingonthealtar.com and go to our Heart Meets Mind page. And thank you for listening. This was another episode of Heart Meets Mind by Living on the Altar.